0: Let's pray. I thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and your love and your grace. And Lord, on this first day of Advent, we look expectantly for your coming. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Calvary Church. It is good to see you all on this day where we have... Our Spanish speakers, our English speakers, our ASL speakers, and we are all here united as one with kids, with everybody. we got all ages here in the room, and so it's a fun day to be united together. Now, uh, I need to get something ready that we're going to do as we read our, our passage for today, we're in this Luke series. So, what I'm going to need is actually a, a few volunteers that you're going to be told—it's not really volunteering—but uh, a couple people to act out some parts for me. In a way, as I read the passage, you will act this out just with like hand motions and mouthing words. We want to welcome our children today. That this is for all ages as we do this. So, I was thinking a couple of people that were up in our band today. Um, maybe AJ, if you could come up. I think, I think. AJ AJ would make a great Angel Gabriel. Angel Gabriel. AJ, come on up and you'll head over here to Lauren. She's going to help you out to get ready, okay? Now, um, the main character today is a guy named Zechariah, and I was thinking Josiah Sanchez could make a great <laughs> Zechariah. So come on up. Josiah, he was also playing drums today, works with our kids. AJ works with our youth. Uh, <laughs> so, hey, we're bringing us all together. Now, I need this is I need an Elizabeth for this story. This is maybe my most risky decision. I'm thinking about a, a beautiful woman, be a, especially beautiful, righteous woman. And I was thinking maybe my wife B. B, what do you I don't know? Is she my if this is this a murder situation? Like, should I not do this? Okay, she's in. Okay. I told her to dress. I told her to dress like she might be seen today, and I like that she wore the same outfit, like my all black. But um, anyway, Uh, all right, now one more. I need someone to represent John the Baptist as he's described. He's not born yet in this passage, but I was thinking they could just sort of act out how he will be. Now, there's someone we haven't seen on stage a lot lately that we all really love that I was hoping for. Dave Mitchell, would you mind coming up? (laughs) You don't have to. Yeah, he's looking behind him. Would you mind coming up and just dressing in biblical attire? (laughs) Okay, take your time getting ready. Take your time getting ready. Uh, Thank you to our volunteers as they prepare themselves We are getting into this whole thing, our series in the book of Luke. We're going through all the book of Luke. We're focused in here on a thrill of hope, Luke 1 and 2, which also leads us into the great Christmas story of of Luke 2. But today is all about how hope is coming. Now, I hope that... Not bad things are coming towards me after having Dave and my wife up here, but uh, two people that can seem to cause great pain in my life, but also great joy. Uh, so, but <laughs> uh, this is a big risk, and I'm going to take the swing. But this whole thrill of hope thing, right? We, we learn during this, the whole lighting of these Advent candles and our Advent wreath, this is the first... Sunday of Advent, and Advent means arrival. Advent means arrival, that we are waiting for the arrival of the one we've been longing for, that we're expecting, anticipating his coming, the Messiah who will come in the biblical story to to save his people from their sins, from not their oppression to the Romans, but their oppression to sin. And so we, we, we long for, we expect that, we have this anticipation Now, I don't know how you guys are, like grownups and kids, but when I think about anticipation, it's like this excitement to wait for something really good. And it's kind of like you just get super pumped up and excited, maybe that you can't even sleep. Like when it's your birthday the next day, and you're just kind of like, oh, I can't wait. Or for me, it was when we were going to go to Disneyland the next day, and I couldn't sleep, and I was just so excited about that coming. And, you know, with this, it's, it's with Christmas morning, when Christmas morning's about to come. I love that moment when, uh, if you've been to like a fundraiser raffle, when they pass out like the tickets and you've got like the six numbers and they've read the first like four and everybody has the same four numbers and uh, first four numbers, but then it's like, okay, now we're getting into it, right? When you get to the last couple and they say your number, you're like, oh, now I'm going to do like a version of this. What we've got here, a quick little giveaway. All right. So we've got a couple things underneath the seats. There's a little flat Christmas ornament. One's a house. One's like a little Santa. And I need you to look under your seat. It will be like way to the back under your seat because I had to make it kind of hidden for when you might not be there. If you find that, it could be in a seat around you, maybe a seat nearby you, uh, one of the empty seats. And if you find that, give it to the kid closest to you. Okay, look for that and give it to the kid closest to you. And then I've got a prize for you just to kind of get like excited, get some anticipation going. Let me just warn you, there's one kind of in that back region there and kind of in this front region here. So look around a little bit. <laughs> we're going to have to, like, get, like, do you find it? I see somebody it has got, I know it's back there somewhere. I, oh, we're finding it to the kid closest to you. Yeah, the kid closest to you, run up, and I've got a present for you if you can run up here on stage or by me on stage. You want to come up? You found it? Come on up. Yes. If nobody finds that one back there, then I'm just going to give her, yeah, both. What we have here is a little chocolate advent calendar. So here you go. You can enjoy the waiting for the arrival of Jesus. What's your name? Charlotte. Hi, Charlotte. Here you go, buddy. Congrats. Yay. (laughs) All right. So we've got some of our anticipation going there and it's exciting, but we're expecting some good things from this Bible story. Now, Thank you to you volunteers. If we're going to act this out over here, you can come on out here. Dave, you could kind of like drift to the back because you're only going to enter for one part. So you don't, oh, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> oh, no. Now, you can come down to this area, act it out in this area. Just, you know, careful of Josh's guitar. Uh, all right. <laughs> They're very excited. What we're going to do is we're just going to read this story of Luke 1, 5 to 25. And then you're just going to act out without words. You can mouth the words that I say if you want to try to. But really with lots of expression. Okay? It's just a Bible story. It's not like twisted to make it crazy or something. But uh, you have to bring the crazy. Okay? Are you all right? All right. Here we go. So here's our story for today. Luke 1, 5 to 25. And Oh, and every once in a while, I'm going to say, pause, and then you have to kind of like freeze in that position, and then just stay there while I talk for about 20 minutes, and then I'll come back to you. Look, I'm dead. Okay, okay, all right. (laughs) Here we go. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. Here he is. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Pause. You guys, I mean, as husband and wife, I mean, you should like be arm in arm. Like something. Come on. Uh, don't be scared, Josiah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so pause. Now, Zechariah is a priest. And he and, and Elizabeth has been from a line of priests in her family all the way back to Aaron, the first high priest. So what's a priest? A priest is maybe kind of like a pastor, kind of like a worship leader, be the ones that would go into the temple. They would, all, they would do the rituals, the sacrifices. They would help lead the people in different ways, uh, maybe in their own villages and cities around uh, Israel. But then they would get this special opportunity now and then to come to Jerusalem. All right, so now here's the thing. This whole deal of being able to come to Jerusalem and do what, what I almost said Josiah, what Zechariah is about to do, this is a huge honor because often, maybe it's only a couple weeks a year they get to do this, but for some priests, it's only a couple weeks of their lifetime, and you get chosen by lot to be able to participate in these rituals and sacrifices. All right, so verse 6, here we go. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commands and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive. And they were both very old. Pause. (laughs) Pause. Okay. So you've got Zechariah and Elizabeth. They have been serving God faithfully. And they have been righteous and blameless, is how the word of God describes them. Imagine if how that's the how the word of God would describe you in that way. Oh my gosh, that was scary. Look, she gave me okay. Now, <laughs> so now their prayers though had not been answered. They wanted a child. They were not able to have a child. And it even talks about it later being still paused. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it talks about it being a disgrace. Uh, for them. But I really want to make, a, make sure that we understand that this was something that was thought in the culture then. And they even thought that, that not having children was because of sin. But we see actually in this story that that's not true at all. That's not true at all. Both Zechariah and Elizabeth were the most righteous, the most blameless. And they were now old and were never able to have children. But that was their heart's longing and their prayer. And God was hearing them and hearing their prayer. Now, I even would want just like a quick side note, a a double pause. But for you to know that if you struggle with this, if this is an area of concern for you, we have some great partners in ministry that we love at something called Uniquely Knitted, an organization called Uniquely Knitted that Doug and Jesse Brown lead that we'd love for you to look up Google and to get the encouragement and support that you need. All right. Now, let's get back to our story. Unpause. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple without his wife there, Uh, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. Let's see if he knows what that means. Now, while the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. Pause. Pause. All right. Good job. So so Zechariah, he is lighting the incense, which is one of these rituals that the priests do. It's sort of this like kind of candle-like thing that would light and smoke goes up. And it's symbolic of our worship and praise and sacrifice going up to God as the smoke rises up to the Lord. Now, this was a great honor for him. So, you know, show some pride in, in your work. Okay. Good job. All right. Now, That great crowd that's outside praying is you. You're all out there. You are the praying crowd. So while he's alone, inside the temple, there's all these people praying. Imagine that scene. Zechariah, he's honored. He's alone. He's serving God. He's worshiping God. Thousands of people in prayer around him. And the Spirit of God is about to do something wild. And we get to meet another one of our characters. Unpause. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. (laughs) (laughs) ah, Standing to the right of the incense altar, Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Now, we're going to see, we're going to describe what John the Baptist is like, is what the text does. So enter John the Baptist, grown-up version. All right, verse 15. For he will be great, he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never, he must never touch wine or alcoholic drinks, No problem, right, Dave? Okay, all right. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Pause. <laughs> so God has heard your prayer, it says, about Zechariah and Elizabeth. It's this whole part of great joy and gladness. Many will rejoice with joy upon joy upon joy. And that's our hope. Their hope. He says, the angel says, you will have joy in your lives. You've lived this long life without the, this core desire of your heart being fulfilled. And God says, you will have joy. And then describes John. Good old John the Baptist over there. He was consecrated before God, filled with the Spirit, and he will point to the hope. He will point to Jesus. John the Baptist's job was to prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah. Unpause. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Pause. And also, it looks like my son is standing right next to me and he doesn't seem like a baby. But uh, (laughs) Dave, you may exit. Well done. Let's give a hand to to John the Baptist. So he questions, pause. There's this, somehow, this version of questioning, though, was not okay, as we'll see that there's about to be a consequence, because he seems to demand a sign of God. And we'll see next week that Mary asked some similar questions. And it was okay, but it doesn't seem to be okay here. So we'll kind of talk a little bit more about that and why. But this whole story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, it's very similar to Abraham and Sarah in the book of Genesis. Abraham and Sarah had been longing for a child, praying for a child. They were promised to have a child by God in in a miraculous way when they were very old. And then Sarah laughs And there were some consequences, but she is then given her the desires of her heart because it was part of God's plan here. Now, what was interesting is that the baby, Isaac, that Abraham and Sarah have, God says, okay, now go and sacrifice this child. And it's like, what? What's happening? Because God was not going to have him sacrificed because he had this plan. As they go up, Isaac is not killed, but there is a substitute in this ram that is in the bushes. And so God says, no, don't sacrifice your son. Sacrifice this ram. And in that way, like Isaac pointed to the ram, the substitute, in this way, John the Baptist, who has been waiting for and born, will point to Jesus, who will be the substitute for our sins and what we deserve as death. Now, unpause. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent And unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary. Wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence (laughs) that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward... His wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant. Wait, no need to act that. Okay, we don't need to act any of that part. Um, let's just skip past that part. And then he, she went into seclusion for five months. See you later. Uh, well, actually, you got one line here. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. The end! Give them all a hand! Yay! Oh, boy. Pray for me. Pray for me for the rest of this day. Um, but that was great. You guys were awesome. So that is this whole story of Zechariah and Elizabeth and the, the prophecy of the birth of John the Baptist, that John the Baptist will come to point the way, to prepare the way for the Messiah who is coming to Jesus. Now, a couple things I think we can briefly learn from this story. One thing we see here is that actions have consequences But God works through anyone. Like you see here where Zechariah has this this moment of of doubt and questioning that for some reason was wrong. Like there are lots of stories in the Bible, and we know that it's, it's okay to question. It's okay to doubt and process through that. But somehow in his demand for a sign, there was something that Zechariah was doing in the midst of this. We aren't totally sure exactly why, but there's something here that was too much. And there's a consequence. He's not able to speak for months. But God works this incredible miracle through him and in his life still, right? That God works through any of us. And so sometimes in our life, there might be things that we do that have consequences in the here and now, but God still can work through us and in us. You can have a life of great significance in the kingdom of God. You can have a life of great impact in God's kingdom. Even if you feel like you've done stuff that, should like maybe disqualify you or rules you out. But God says, hey, I'm here to work in you and through you. Because this guy, Zechariah, he is at the height of his career. He's near the end of his life. He's this super good guy, blameless, righteous. It says he obeys all the regulations. He's in the temple. People are, thousands of people praying outside the temple. An angel appears before him that he can see and everything and hear. And he's still kind of... Kind of blows it. He still fumbles the ball a bit in this situation. And so imagine like, we might make mistakes still at times in our life. We're not even close to how awesome this guy Zechariah is. But we should always believe that God will appear in a way that's beyond what our hope is, beyond what our expectation is, beyond what we can anticipate in this life. Also, John the Baptist had a very specific purpose. So as John the Baptist is going to come, this this prophecy is given about him and what his life will be like. But his purpose, it was not to be a priest like his dad. A lot of us might even think like, oh, my purpose has to be to carry on whatever came before me. That wasn't his purpose. His purpose wasn't to be the Messiah, to be the one that would save the people. His purpose wasn't even to be a regular person with a normal job in some way. And his purpose wasn't to be even a regular prophet. He had a very specific purpose that God had called him to. Now, it's not our job to try and like, figure out what is this like, exact specific purpose that we have. But what we recognize is that John had a job that God had called him to. He had a role that God had called him to do. And so his Thing was to come and do that, not to try and be everything or do everything. His job was to come and point the way to Jesus, to show that the Messiah is about to come. That's his job. And so for us, even, let's be faithful to what God has called us to. But I'd say, even more than that, what's most important is let's look to where John the Baptist is pointing. John the Baptist is pointing to Jesus. So in this season, as we prepare ourselves this first week of Advent, let's keep our eyes fixed on where John is pointing. He's pointing to Jesus, the birth of Christ, the birth of the Messiah, the birth of the one who has come to forgive us of our sins, to proclaim the kingdom of God is coming and that we know that we keep our eyes fixed on him. And so even for you, if you are here today and you don't know much about God, to know that This guy that is talked about in this story, his whole thing is just to point to Jesus. So I encourage you to look to him. Look to Jesus. Read about him. Get to know his story. Get to know what he's about and what he's come to do. And then, kind of, a bit of the the last thing here is that our God of miracles hears your prayers and he cares about you, he cares about what you care about. That we believe in a God of miracles. We believe in a God that can do anything. And that, that God, it says, in this story, says, he hears your prayers to Zechariah. God has heard you. So God hears you when you cry out to him. And so I encourage you to continue to cry out to God with what he has placed on your heart. And imagine how, you know, how hard it was for this priest to believe that God could do this miracle. So give yourself a break a little bit when you you doubt or when you don't believe the miracle that God could be working in your life. But I want to say that today to build your faith, to trust in him, to have faith in him, but even to trust in him no matter the outcome, no matter what the end is, to have faith. Because Abraham and Sarah, they had a promise they had to wait 25 years for. Zechariah and Elizabeth, they had this longing their entire life into their old age, it says, when God does this work. There's many people in the Bible who, and and in our lives today, who don't get the thing that they want from God. But God maybe has something different and better for you than what you could possibly want for yourself. So we have this thrill of hope, as this series is called, this thrill of hope, because of the Messiah that is coming. And John prepares the way, but it's Jesus that makes the way. Now, uh, in a moment here, we're going to have a friend of mine, uh, Jesus Victor, uh, is going to come up and share a bit of his story. But I just want to share a little, bit of, a little bit of kind of the, the part of his story that he didn't get to see, really. Um, and so if, if you remember, like a couple months ago, we had, we had asked for prayer and we talked about this, that when we were at our elder retreats, um, we were playing wiffle ball, and we were up in the mountains in Palomar, and um, Jesus collapsed in the middle of that time and fell down and had uh, was not breathing, had no heartbeat, um, and we were just, you know, terrified that he was going to die right there on that field. Um, people, like immediately went into action, both in prayer, a ton of us were praying, a couple people were doing compressions, a couple people were running and getting the AED, which came and incredibly was able to see him go from no heartbeat to his heart begin to beat again right before us as we waited. for the paramedics to come as a couple of other people had also gone and called 911, but we were up in the middle of the mountains, and so this is just such a scary situation, and it did not look good. There were some moments in there where I was like, Lord, what's going to happen here? What are you doing? As I was praying uh, fervently for God to do a healing work in our brother's life, and then he was actually taken by helicopter down to the hospital, and then he's had some surgeries, and he's He's not completely fine, but he's doing good. And so we praise God for that beautiful victory, but wanted to have him come up and share a little bit about what God has done, not just in his physical heart, but also in the rest of his uh, spiritual heart as well. And Victor Mian's going to translate for him. So come on up, you guys let's welcome.
1: Uh, buenos días a todos.
2: Good morning everyone.
1: Primera le quiero dar gracias a Dios.
2: First I want to begin by giving God thanks por la
1: salvación que me dio. For the salvation He's given me y la promesa que tenemos que un día vamos a estar con él.
2: And the promise that we have that we will be with Him
1: one day. También la esperanza que tenemos porque me encantó el mensaje. Esto no estaba previsto. Me encantó el mensaje que dio Eric Abritta la que en él. and for the hope
2: I want to thank him for the hope that we have in him he, I wasn't expecting uh, the message from this morning
1: but it's touched me and I, we're, we're thankful for that hope um, ha sido muy difícil pero creo difficult. creo en mi corazón
2: la and esperanza heart.
1: que tenemos por la gracia de Dios the hope that we have because of Christ uh, um, grace también muchas gracias a todos ustedes por la el apoyo Sus oraciones, y todo lo que hemos recibido de parte de toda la familia de Calvary. I also want to thank all of you for
2: your support, your prayers, uh, all the support that our, our, we've received
1: from our Calvary family. Mensajes como el de hoy me inspiran a seguir creyendo en el Dios vivo que tenemos. Messages like today inspire me to continue to believe in the God that we have. Y el ver a todos ustedes como buscamos de Dios and see that together we can seek God. Eso me that also inspires me. Dios es un Dios de God is the God of hope. Dios sigue vivo entre nosotros. And he's alive amongst us. Dios está con nosotros. He is with us. Nunca lo he visto. I've not seen him. Pero lo he sentido. But I have felt him. Y como dice Job
2: and like it's mentioned in Job 45, I mean 42.5.
1: I have heard of him before. Pero ahora mis ojos te vieron. But now my eyes have seen him. Muchas gracias. Thank you very much. Que Dios los bendiga a todos. May God bless you all.
2: I also want to take this opportunity to that you would join me in praying for our brother Jesus. Would you do that, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much and we are humbled by your presence. Amado Padre, te damos gracias y estamos humillados ante tu presencia. You have chosen to use our brother Jesús to reveal to us a little glimpse of the hope. Has elegido usar a nuestro hermano Jesús para mostrarnos un poquito de la esperanza que tenemos en ti. Thank you that through This experience, Lord, literally, as Eric mentioned, his heart stopping. Gracias, Padre, que a través de esta experiencia, literalmente, como Eric mencionó, que su corazón paró. It is because of you that his heart began to beat again. And because of you that he stands before us, giving testimony of the hope we have in you. Por ti, Señor, fue que tú le diste el permiso de que su corazón volviera a latir. Y por ti, Señor, tenemos su presencia aquí como testimonio de la esperanza que tenemos en tú, en ti. Continue to protect bless him and his family. Continúa protegiendo a él y su familia en el nombre de Jesús. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.